Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, is what's the one before penultimate? Pen pen penultimate. Thren threnultimate. Anti penultimate. Next week's the penultimate episode of <laughs> Friends with Friends. But for now, I'm Pete and his dad. Ahoy, hoy! It is actually anti penultimate. Oh my god, I plucked that out of nowhere. Is it? Just Googled it, and that's yeah, yeah. So there you go. Oh, well, that's, we've already learned something, haven't we? The anti-penultimate episode of Friends with Friends. I mean, I'd say that's all we're going to learn today, but maybe, maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe I'll be um, surprised. I think it's quite nice that we've got an episode this week which is not quite as intensely problematic as last week's. Well, unless you don't uh, agree with either mass-produced products destroying the world, Pete, or indeed after Ross's... Uh, really having a go at everybody last week. It's now the turn of twins to add to the list because he does have a little rant about twins yeah. being weird, doesn't he? But does yes, have a pop at twins. You're yeah. quite right. I think it, watching this felt like a different show to last week. <laughs> do you know yes. what I, mean? I was like, oh, the only issue this week is a table. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the one with the apothecary table. If that wasn't clear, yes, the, yes, the one with the apothecary table. There is a lot to be discussed in terms of. I mean, it's, tables. Well, ta- yeah, well, I'd say. I mean, how much have you? How many notes have you got about the actual table itself? Uh, oh, the table itself, not too much, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's it, it's quite clearly brand new. Right. Well, exactly. Right. We'll get to this in a minute, shall we? Let's. Uh, shall we? Shall we? It's a double requester, so should we do the um, the 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 requesting admin before we get into the table appearance? <laughs> Is it requested? Is this episode requested by the uh, marketing department of Pottery Barn? <laughs> I imagine so. I think this episode of the podcast is actually part of their product placement deal from when this episode aired. And uh, they have a number of clauses, and one is that if anyone ever does a spin-off podcast, then um, they must dedicate at least one episode to talking a lot about Pottery Barn. So, Well, I'd just like to mention that I'm currently sat at my great Pottery Barn desk, <laughs> which is available in the latest range. <laughs> Do we have Pottery Barn over here? widely there's like one or no, two other or is there i don't, I don't know if there's any i have a feeling it's one of those things that sort of right pottery barn uk it certainly wasn't at the time that this was a yeah pottery barn is there a pottery barn in the uk oh no there are no uk pottery barn stores there you go you can access pottery barn kids branded items oh, oh so so they stocks they have some pottery barn 
things are stocked in other shops. Right. Like, well, now we know. Like West Elm, which is actually a very good furniture shop, but isn't sponsoring this podcast either. Are you so- sure? Are you, that, was a, that was a crowbar in name drop, that was. <laughs> it's just I the- reckon you got some lovely West Elm furniture in your flat somewhere. <laughs> well, when I was watching this episode on my television, it was standing on a lovely a lovely TV stand <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a lovely wood that looked from the time of yore, if, I, right, if okay. I, I'm not mistaken. Um, double request, all right? So, then also. Nine is a double request, Pete. But one of the requests is a double request in itself. What do you mean? Is that cryptic enough for you? It's yeah. from Joe. She says, Hi, can I request my second episode? Uh oh. Oh, we've already done one of Joe's, have we? We've, yeah, Joe. Joe was very um, early requester. Yeah, it must have been some time ago. And anyone sort of um, crying foul in terms of Joe getting her second episode on before. You've got your first. It is only because Gemma also requested it, isn't it? So we folded it in. So all's fair in in the requesting admin section of this podcast. And also, just because you've learned that Joe's had two requests on the podcast, please now don't request a second if you've already requested one and we've done it. Because <laughs> honestly, we will be here for, for for years. I mean, there will get to a stage though where if you have already requested one or even two we will maybe start nudging you towards the end of this podcast to sort of request the really shit ones that no one's ever going to request. That's all in good time, though. Yes, that is all in good time. That'll be sort of like an amnesty at the end where everyone gets a request, a bonus request, you know? Hmm. Uh, So Joe says, can I request my second episode? Well, you can, Joe, but only because Gemma's also requested it, all right? So, you know, bear that in mind. Uh, The one with the apothecary table, season six, episode 11. I've realised season six is my favourite season of Friends, and this episode comes after the one with the routine. Oh, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it, actually? That is like an absolutely seminal moment in Friends. Um, Interesting. We've talked about season six being a controversial season before, haven't we, Pete? Some people love it. Some people less love it. Don't you think it's a bit naff? It's not my favourite, is what I would say. But, you know, that's the beauty of the pod. That's the beauty of the difference of opinion, isn't it? What we're having here is a difference of opinion. I love Phoebe believing Rachel when she says the table comes from the White Plains store and Phoebe thinks it's such a magical place, showing Phoebe's whimsical side. Uh, and I like the relationship between Ross, Rachel and Phoebe in this episode. Yeah, that is you don't get that pairing in that sort of uh, formation too often, do you? Just the three of them. No, but I, I, I actually noted down that they're a great trio. Yes. It kind of reminded me of that whole scene in that flat where he first gets it and the classic kind of screaming to distract Ross from seeing Monica and Chandler getting with each other. Exactly. Uh, they are a great they're a great trio. They're quite a good sort of whimsical, nothing really happening filler trio. Do you know what I mean? Like Ross yeah. and Rachel on their own are, are quite an intense pairing, aren't they? But these three as a three, like you say, it's, it's just it's just quite fun silliness is what I would say. And that's what we get a lot in this episode as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, second request, Peter, from Gemma. Hey, guys. Uh, absolutely love the podcast. Got my brother and workmate listening now. Oh, hello. Someone's oh. doing PR for us. One of us. One, One of us. We will send you uh, your monthly kickback in the form of any item of your choice from Pottery Barn. <laughs> Uh, can I request the one with the apothecary table? It's so funny seeing Rachel trying to come up with all the different periods of time and Phoebe's reactions. Also, Ross freaking out about his table and sheets is classic Ross. The Joey, Janine, Chandler, Monica plotline shows that no one can successfully enter the group. Oh, 
and Mike could have something to say about that and highlights that they aren't the greatest people in the world but we still love them regardless love the pod looking forward to the new season well that shows when the request was made (laughs) which new season yeah to be fair she was probably referring to a couple of years ago looking forward to season two (laughs) Um, thanks Gemma oh two lovely requests thanks guys big clearly two people that have requested a while ago based on those uh, messages as well so we do genuinely appreciate you sticking with us uh, a short synopsis, would you like? Yeah, well, yeah, us. yeah. We've we've basically covered it, but sure. Yeah, that's all you're going to get because Wikipedia's been fairly light on it this week. Uh, Joey and Janine are finally dating, only for Janine to tell Joey she doesn't like Monica and Chandler, forcing him to choose. Meanwhile, Rachel buys an apothecary table from Pottery Barn, a store Phoebe hates, then pretends she bought it at a flea market. Her story's blown when Phoebe sees the same table at Ross's apartment. Episode production code two two five five six zero. Oh, zero, like that. That's very satisfying. Two two five five. Oh yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Six nice. zero. Nice round number. Oh, yes. Uh, originally viewed by 22.26 million people in the United States of America. That is that is nuts, isn't it? And it's nice to know that we've just about caught up with that listenership-wise as well. For I think that's sort of what we're roughly averaging at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's each week about that number of listeners. Yeah, so. that's good. No, it's good. It's, it's, it, it says that Friends still carries weight, you know, even in 2021. Uh, where do you want to start? Then? There's only two plot lines this week. They're basically split right down the middle. Monica Chandler and Joey in the sort of blue corner, and Phoebe Ross and Rachel in the red corner, aren't they? Can we get let's let's do the the Monica Chandler Joey <laughs> Janine bit? Yeah, you were about to say, can we get that out of the way? Yeah, well, yeah, because it's just not very pleasant, is it? So uh, after watching it all the way through, the very last thing I sort of scrawled down about this plot line was. It's just a consistent repetition of Janine being a dick and then apologising but not meaning it and then being yeah. a dick again. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that happens about four times. And, like, you just think, oh, it's the last one. Oh, it's the last one. Oh, oh no, oh, no. And she ruins it every time. And, like, Monica and Chandler are... A, I think their annoyingness is played up a bit for that to make sense from Janine. But, ultimately, Janine is is being a dick here, isn't she? Yeah, and I, I think it would surely be near impossible for there to be a friendship after like arguments that big. I mean, they're actually they're literally like shouting at each other, right? They're, yeah, they are full on like saying really personal things about each other, hmm. um, and it's just very, very unpleasant. It is unpleasant, and it's and it's. I mean, when you look at it from a cynical point of view, you go, okay, they really had to up the ante because clearly this was Janine. This is Janine's last episode. So, you know, that, that's it. We get rid of her after this. Joey and Janine's actual dating relationship lasts less than 22 minutes. It's quite odd seeing Joey like almost coupled up, isn't it? We don't often see him in... in I know they're not in a relationship. They this Their first date is with another couple, which is odd in itself. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just quite odd seeing Joey... Like almost like a little bit loved up. Yeah, that sort of scene where they're kissing in the coffee house is very not Joey, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You can imagine almost any of the rest of them doing that at some point, but it's 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 an unusual look on him. Um, but yeah, so so I guess they've they've really upped it. But Janine does twist from being like a quite exciting addition to the group. Do you know what I mean? Like all the guys fancy her, and she's she's cool, and she's hot, and she's a dancer, and she brings a bit of like something to the group they don't have you know that that show busy world and all that kind of thing and then it very quickly switches to her just being really unpleasant because no matter i mean we've all done this right we've all had people we've dated and you meet their friends and you might go do you know what not not for me them <laughs> they're not, yeah. not, not not the biggest fans of them but i'd say 
you'd either leave it until you'd met them a lot of times to really cement that opinion or the relationship was getting serious enough that that mattered do you know what i mean and neither neither of those applies here I think they also end up making Janine out to be a really sort of disposable character because we've had like quite a pursuit of her, right? From yeah. Joey and also Ross. Yeah. And then Joey finally sort of wins her over and gets with her. Uh, and then within one episode, she's sort of painted as this terrible, quite unpleasant woman and then bam, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't, and we haven't seen that side of her yet, really, have we? Like, no, no, there's no sign of it. There's no sign of it at all. And, and, and literally the first, like they go on this first date together, the double date, like you say, a bit, bit of an odd flex for Joey's first date with her. But, but then she comes back and that seems to have gone well. And then she just suddenly goes, oh God, I hate those guys. <laughs> I can't, you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't stand them. I'm not spending two nights in a row with them. And also it goes from, from uh, like, as soon as she gets in, she's like, oh, how are we going to get out of that one? And then she gets in from another day. We've got to move. Like, yeah. there's no sort of, she makes no attempt to soften how she feels about them for Joey's benefit. She's just straight up, God, aren't they awful? That's the thing, isn't it? The thing is, even though she hasn't known Joey very long, she must have seen that they're his best friends and part of his life in a, in a way, like a family. And she's just like, fuck them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like the equivalent of meeting his sisters, isn't it? Just going, fuck, they're dreadful, aren't they? Yeah. But but, <laughs> but the we've got to move thing almost indicates that she hasn't quite clicked that yet, because as if she could just, after two kisses and a date, whip Joey away from like his entire life that easily. And move him out of his flat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you really analyse it, that relationship is a bit doomed from the start, isn't it? They're already living together before any you know before they anything happens that his best friends who she doesn't like live directly across the hall it's an absolute shit show there's also that point where joey doesn't attempt to sugarcoat like janine's criticism of monica and chandler at all he tells monica and chandler exactly what she said about them like actually quotes janine word for word yeah it's interesting isn't it he it's you can read in real life like you'd be like oh she's just not too like she just doesn't think you've got much in common or but she's like no she thinks you're really loud and you're blah (laughs) yeah that is true isn't it he he could have easily got i guess that goes back to the sort of they're basically his family thing and they don't lie to each other type dynamic that they've got but you're quite right he he should have definitely led with oh you know no don't take it personally she takes a long time to warm to people like you know she's just she's she's a bit nervous like he says he didn't say all the other stuff yeah like joey why is joey not even able to buy like a ten dollar bottle of wine and take it across the hall why is he so down on his luck (laughs) in this episode you know yeah i know what you mean it doesn't it feels a bit it feels a bit odd um also huge lovely little continuity uh, error in this episode carried over from the previous episode um, which you wouldn't have seen unless you watched the one with the routine as, as Joe pointed out as a previous episode but so Joey kisses Janine at the end of that right mm-hmm. and then it's very heavily implied I mean he literally says I just kissed her he ran across the hall right and she's just waiting for him there so he left the room where they just kissed and scooted across the hall except He's wearing different clothes. To yeah, he got changed in the hallway. And also, not only that, the Christmas tree and all the Christmas decorations from Monica's apartment have gone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so Christmas has really come come down with a bang. So yeah, it's it's slightly. I can I can understand why they wouldn't have put all the decorations back up because that was unnecessary. Like you know, they would have gone. Oh, that's a big cost to get the big tree back in, but it couldn't have cost anything to make sure they had the same clothes on, could it? No, and I also, I don't, um, 
with Janine, like I don't want to excuse how she she talks about Monica and Chandler because that's obviously not very nice. But Monica invites them over for like the second night in a row, and I I don't think it's completely unreasonable of Janine not to want to spend two nights in a row with them. Yeah, but then she gets personal, and then it all becomes very personal and unfair on Joey anyway. So I, I just think like two nights in a row, quite intense, two double dates in a row. Yeah, they should have really judged that Joey's quite into this woman and might like a bit of time to himself and but you know it again it swings and roundabouts everybody's putting a lot on joey and he's right caught in the middle isn't it but you're right they shouldn't have been like hey guys are we gonna hang out every night because you know we've been in a couple for a long time now so we're a bit bored of each other you know we need more of that but equally janine rather than saying i cannot stand them we can't spend two nights in a row could have just said oh look we've just started dating can we go out together tomorrow night you know just the two of us can we hang out that would have been an absolutely acceptable thing to say, wouldn't it? I'll tell you what's the, um, I think the biggest revelation among all this yes. is that uh, Joey got money out of protecting Monica and Chandler's <laughs> secret relationship. Um, there, there is another name for that. That's blackmail. Yeah, it's something's odd going on there, isn't it? And, and- He took cash off Chandler <laughs> in order to keep the promise that he wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a strange. I mean, this is this is <laughs> sort of in the same era that Joey can't even afford to buy a bottle of wine. So I wonder if <laughs> yeah. if Chandler just felt a bit sorry for him and thought, look, he's, he's, he's under a lot of stress at the moment. I'll chuck him a bit of cash. But be a weird thing. It's a weird thing to do. I can't think of many of my friends that I would just continually give money to, even my best friends. You know, like in that situation, yeah. I might. You'd buy- be like, all right, mate, you're taking the fucking piss now. Yeah, but if he's like, you know, if if someone had been playing the Joey role and I'm Chandler and I'm trying to hide a relationship and they've been going above and beyond, I might buy him something really nice. You know, I'd go. Do you know what? They've always wanted that thing that's a bit too. Exp- you know, I might buy him two hundred dollars worth of a present. I wouldn't just be like, hey, mate, have a bit of cash out of my back pocket because that's such a weird vibe. So yeah, so we just go through this thing again. Janine apologises, then she's a dick, then she apologises, then she's a dick, then that's it. And then she moves out at the end and we say goodbye to Elle McPherson forever, don't we? Good riddance, Janine. Goodbye, Janine. It's an S-Pod thing. The podcast revisiting S-Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge-watched this, anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests help me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do you think Do you think there's one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much? It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hopefully the adverts contained... Something for at least West Elm, if not (laughs) Pottery Barn. But um, I'll make sure I make sure I put those calls in before we release this episode. Yeah. Um, Right. Let's attack this head on, shall we? Pottery Barn. So Chandler brings Rachel's mail, which is basically, uh, seemingly, only contains the Pottery Barn catalogue that catches her interest. Nothing else. Like I would have normally thrown out the junk stuff and at least gone, oh god, the thing from the bank I should look at. But she has immediately trashed everything else in that in that pile of mail, hasn't she? Yeah. Priorities. Guess the pottery barn. I mean, this product placement. Though. Let's let's sort of talk about. To be, right? Can yeah. we? I was just thinking on the on the subject of product placement. Like it is definitely product placement, right? So well, like it must be. Yeah. So here, there's a number of sort of slightly conflicting reports in this. So a guy from Warner Brothers, a guy called Peter Roth, did an interview about this in the year 2000, and he said that the deal they struck with Pottery Barn offset the high cost of production, you know, justifying the pl- the product placement, yeah? Right. But an executive from Pottery Barn claims that they never actually gave Warner Brothers any money, they just donated the original apothecary table. <laughs> right. So someone's lying, and I imagine, and this is like, cool. <laughs> we don't want to become a podcast that just starts uh, accusing massive corporations of lying. But I can't imagine Friends would have done that entire storyline just for a free table. Yeah, I did count how many mentions Pottery Barn got. Oh, I did. Have we got the same? 17? Oh, I got 18. So, yeah, we're in the rough ballpark, though, aren't we? Oh, maybe I missed one. No, maybe I got, you know, it's entirely plausible that, that one of us is one out. But that's so many. That's nearly one a minute. And there are a couple of scenes where it feels like every other fucking word is either possible yeah. or wrong. <laughs> it is. To, so much so that it almost becomes like a bit of a joke in the script. Like well, it, it just keeps coming up. It sort of feels like behind the scenes they've gone, all right, we've got a product placement deal. Shall we see how much, like, shall we just take the piss out of, it almost feels like a satire on product placement in TV. Do you know what I mean? You'd watch a sketch where they did this and go, Oh yes, look! Look how many times they've named it, or mentioned the thing, or mentioned where they're going to, and it's it's too much, isn't it? It's also quite odd how part of the plot, at least in the end, she is obviously won over by it. Yeah, but part of the plot is about how shit one of the characters thinks Pottery <laughs> Barn is. Well, that's the only thing that makes me wonder if Pottery Barn didn't give any money because would they have signed that off? It's really hard to get to the bottom of this. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is here, Pete. If I'm honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. One thing that has become clear, though, apparently, is that Pottery Barn uh, have since said, or insiders have said, every time that episode airs, their, like, sales go right up. <laughs> like, it's really... It worked. Yeah, it's, it's really worked. Off. <laughs> and in 2019, they released an apothecary table similar to the one in the episode, which retails, Pete, not for $500, as Rachel said, but for $1,099. Oh, my God. 
there's a one point as well, one scene where Rachel's showing Ross all her purchases and she's literally like naming the products. Like she yeah. doesn't just say like a chest of drawers, like she names it in full. Yeah, yeah. And like there's page numbers in, at, at one point, <laughs> yeah. isn't there? It's like, that's what I mean about the, the sketch. Like the, it's, it's too much, isn't it? It's like, it's like what she says about the birdcage. It's like the, the model number and the, the sort of barcode almost, isn't it? Yeah, you have so much bloody detail. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and Phoebe's so Phoebe's main um, argument is that it's mass produced. But are we really supposed to believe that nothing in like Phoebe's apartment, which looks fairly modern, it all looks pretty mass produced to me? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think you'd be able to tell by like that. That's what I mean by the fact it looks brand new. Like Phoebe really falls for it. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she's just been duped by a number of her friends over the years buying things and pretending they're from flea markets. Yeah, true. Um, also, we get a thing that is, is it classic friends this when they need to sort of engineer a scene. How many times have we seen them all just go around and watch a movie at Ross's house or anyone's apartment? Yeah, and they do that really naff bit where they're sort of pretending to be moved emotionally by something and then laugh out loud about three seconds later. The single worst bit of the whole episode is their acting skills whilst supposedly watching a film. <laughs> yeah. And again, it feels like it's deliberate, but it is. Is very natural watching of the movie is what I would say. That would be my uh, that would be my directorial note. As uh, both Joe and Gemma mentioned, Rachel struggling for all the sort of backstories is is very funny. Those are funny sequences where she's really like right from the start, even trying to determine how much she would have spent on it and what era it's from. She she doesn't ha- like only Phoebe would believe that you know like yeah, it's so I- clear she's lying. I also love the bit where Ross sets her up and is like, maybe you should take Phoebe along. And the whole, she does want to, bit is really good too. That's some some good Ross behaviour. Yeah, that really, there's a couple of bits in Friends where Ross and Rachel sort of almost prank each other like that, isn't there? There's the bit that I was thinking of when I was watching it was where Chip Matthews has called Monica and Rachel finds the note and he's like, oh yeah, maybe you should call him. And it's like that slightly mischievous, but ultimately you're like, oh God, she's real backed into a corner here now. (laughs) She's been a dick and she's got found out um and yeah and, and he forces her to go to i mean amazingly rachel seems to actually find a flea market it's just not a very good one like i wouldn't know where to start if someone maybe gets some sheets for us which is nice yeah the sheets thing's interesting isn't it because how expensive are those sheets that ross would care about someone putting your feet on the sheets because it's yeah. the whole point of a sheet is you can just chuck it in the wash. Yeah, like, it's still not going to be really valuable. Are they? No, the sheet is there to protect the thing underneath it, famously, isn't it? So, like a bit of a spill. Same with the red wine. That's not going to ruin your table because it's on the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also the red wine, the, the, the table's very dark wood. Like that little, anyway, anyway. It's just that the whole reveal of the table is, is quite clunky, isn't it? Yeah, it looks, it also to, to cover a coffee table with a sheet just doesn't look very, it, it looks like something your nana would do yes yeah yeah yeah. phoebe should have smelt that from the start shouldn't she um but yeah she spills the red wine ross jumps up and shouts my apothecary table which is i'd (laughs) suggest an exclamation nobody in human history has made before or since yeah um other than you when yours arrived shortly yes well that's true actually yeah you're absolutely right um and then uh (laughs) <laughs> um, and then, yes, they get to the flea market, they walk past Pottery Barn, Phoebe's annoyed, but then she wants the lamp, and that's kind of, it all turns around, I guess, you know, 
the episode ends with everybody loving Pottery Barn, which brings us back to maybe the conclusion mm. that Pottery Barn are involved. <laughs> yeah, mysterious. <laughs> we don't mind one. somebody having a problem with Pottery Barn as long as their narrative arc is that they come to a realization that Pottery Barn is wonderful by the end of the twenty-two minutes. <laughs> Feels like a very boardroom conversation. I also think Phoebe should have really smelt it out when Rachel started buying all the things that look very stylistically similar. <laughs> you know, the birdcage and the the room separate, all that sort of stuff. The screen. They're all like the same wood. Clearly from the same product line at Pottery Barn, aren't they? Also, why would you want an ornamental birdcage? Right. I mean, I feel like once Rachel had got away with the apothecary table, she could have just stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because nobody needs an ornamental birdcage. Also... In an episode where Joey can't afford a bottle of wine, Rachel seems to have suddenly won the bloody lottery. Like, who just whimsically buys furniture every day of the week? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm buying a new table or something like that, that's a big decision that I build up to and make sure, you know, you're not just thinking, oh, I wonder what I'm buying today. Do you have commitment issue when it comes to uh, new, new furniture? No, do you know what? It's not commitment issue, Pete. I just have to, like... I get obsessed anytime I buy something new, even if it's something tiny, and I'm really annoyed by the way I do it. If I'm looking for, like, some bike lights or something that costs, like, 30 quid, I'll go on all the Amazon reviews. I'll read all the... Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, well, I better make sure, like, I don't get duped by this and I get the best <laughs> yeah. ones. Even though, if it's something I could just be like, look, worst case, they're shit, and I get some new ones, or send them back. But And that's definitely what I'd be like with a table. I'd spend so long just looking at the options and weighing it all up and making sure I've got the the one that's perfect for the thing. One day you'll find the one table for you. The one table for me. That's just a little insight into into my brain for everybody there. And Be pleased you're not inside it. That's what I would say. Well, we all are. <laughs> hey, would you like a quiz? Do you know what, Pete? The thing is, I would like a quiz. So yes, to sum up. Uh, thanks to Fuff Quizzard. Quizzard? Uh, Quizzard, Amy. Um, she made it. On nothing the else shoe. to say about that. She, well, she no, wrote she made it, it on the shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The message she sent us. Look, she said, "I uh, quiz I, in transit." I just made this on the tube. Really feel like I'm living my best post-lockdown life. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Actually, like, good that you're getting out and about and doing some stuff, Amy. That sounded very patronising. Like, <laughs> like, like nan, good for you. Like your nan's just been ill, and you're like, good that she's getting out and about. Um, no, no. What I meant was, it's nice to see you having a lovely time, but also we will now keep a keen eye on the quality of the quiz. Uh, compared to when you do it diligently at home, you know? Right. On the, if, if it's a bit subpar this week. Has the quiz suffered? Yeah, right. That's the question. Question one. How many CDs can the apothecary table hold? I think this is 300 people. I also think that it's 300. I'm not going to press It is the 300. I'm not going to press any sound effects until you give me the uh, absolute clear indication that it's correct yeah uh, rightly so uh question two what's on the magna doodle i did actually notice this as well it's like a godzillary type thing yeah like a like a a, like a dinosaur dragon type thing um fourth quiz at amy says dragon dragon amy says dragon we're going with dragon yeah Judge rules. Uh, question three, how much did the apothecary table cost? Well, not $1,099. As previously mentioned, it's $500. US Is correct. Question four, which time periods can Rachel name? Uh, colonial times, your and yesteryear. Is correct. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, we're, going, we're, going for, we're going for five out of five here, Dave. Oh, God. 
what is Ross's lecture about? Oh, I know this. Do you know what? We haven't discussed that. And that is a really funny. Le- it's one of the best little tags on Friends. You know, like the post credit bit. Uh, go on, Pete. What's the answer? Uh, it's erosion theories. It is. Absolutely. And I'm playing the sound effect before you, before you give me the thing. Because I know it's erosion uh, it's theories. Right. It's yeah. right. Um, I, I love that. that. That whole little sequence of Joey being quite down and Ross going, I know what to cheer you up. I'm doing a lecture on erosion theories and I think you should come. And Joey saying, that's right, that did cheer me up. It's a really good joke. And uh, yeah, just really enjoyed that. Everyone, yeah, So it feels like everyone's back to normal by the end, you know? Everyone's laughing at Ross for, for having an interest in something. And, yeah. uh, and Joey's sort of, you know, back to his normal little self. Uh, right. Do you want to know what the penultimate episode of series six of friends with friends oh, is. yes i hope you've enjoyed the anti-penultimate episode everybody now here's some news on the penultimate episode it is uh from stuart hi stuart uh hi, stuart. hello stuart hi. season two Ooh. episode two yes the one with the breast milk have we not done that one that's interesting that's good okay good well that's a good one that isn't it well it's something to look forward to yes uh I've got no more to say about that, except it's good. I'm looking forward to it, which you've said both of those things. So what I've done is add nothing. Bye? I'd suggest bye. GreatBigOwl.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.